one of those guys, Hadley, he releases some pheromones. So Kurt and Jules start getting it on outside, and then they are attacked by... Yeah. Because that's what you always do, right? Yeah. You have a cabin with a bed. No, we go outside. Anytime we have a dirty forest floor, (laughs) I just... Yeah, I always opt in for that. Oh, yeah. Ooh, a ray of moonlight. (laughs) It's romantic. It falls on those slugs so shinily. (laughs) Hmm. You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we review your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries available on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Medstaff with your host, Jamie Zarlingo. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie, and it is October, which is the official start of spooky season. Although I'd say some people would would argue it starts earlier, maybe September, August, all year round for some people. Um, But in celebration of spooky season, we've decided all of our reviews this month will be of horror movies, which is my favorite genre. Love this genre and all the movies that are out and are on television and get released onto streaming platforms this time of year. So uh, what I did is I reached out to everyone at Atlas and I was like, what's your favorite scary movie? Let's talk about it. So this first episode is Cabin in the Woods and I have Lane Andreessen and Phil Sweeney with me today. Hello. Hey. Thanks for joining me, guys. Um, they both said that this was one of their favorites, and it's a pretty good one if you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods. came out in 2012. Um, not currently available streaming per se, but you can watch it. You can rent it on iTunes, YouTube, or Amazon Prime. Or if you want to, you know, I personally like to watch scary movies like on DVDs, like just kind of that old school scary movie feel, but, you know, any more... God, that makes me feel old. <laughs> or, you know, that old school feel of a DVD. <laughs> well, hey, I actually probably still own, like maybe it's at like my parents' house, a VHS copy of The Ring. Oh, The Ringu. Yeah. Wow. No, the American version. I just like saying <laughs> Ringu. Wow. But that's actually, um, spoiler, next week's episode is going to be on Japanese horror. I'm very excited about that one. Um but yeah, so uh, we're just going to kind of talk about this one. Obviously, spoilers if you haven't seen this movie before. Um, but it's kind of kind of different from your typical horror flick, I'd say. Or is it? Or is it? <laughs> it's very uh-huh. self-aware. I'll just say that. Or meta, as, as the kids say. Um, and I'm saying that as the youngest person in the room. <laughs> hey, whoa. <laughs> You go clockwise. <laughs> <laughs> um, As the crow flies. Wait, what is it? <clears throat> so, guys, let's talk about let's talk about the plot of this film. So, it starts out with um, it's just like an underground laboratory, and we have these two engineers, um, Sitterson and Hadley, which are played by Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford. Um, we've talked about Bradley Whitford before. He was in um, Get Out. Um, yeah. He was in Handsmaid's Tale too. Yes, I'm and contributing. <laughs> he was also in uh, Billy Madison, right? Am I right about that? Oh, I didn't see that one back in the day. Hmm. You never saw Billy Madison? Wait, no, wait, really? Not. Don't care for that genre. Oh, Adam it's, Sandler it's a or com- wait, mm. You don't care for comedies? What do you mm. mean? <laughs> I don't care for Adam Sandler. Okay. Ouch! Fair. Yeah. Fair. You, were, you were ahead of your time on that one. <laughs> that, <laughs> Everybody just caught up with Lane. That's that's fair. You know, he's he's not for everybody, I guess. Um, but anyway, these two engineers are discussing plans for a mysterious ritual. Um, there was a previous uh, operation in Stockholm that failed. So that's pretty much all we know in the beginning. We don't really know much else. Um, but we're following a group of college kids, Dana, Holden, Marty, Jules, and Kurt, which you can probably guess from like the first, like what? 15 minutes of this movie are horror movie archetypes and that's also kind of the point in the movie um you have like the jock the 
kind of like slutty girl, the virgin, the fool or the stoner, I guess, the, you know, the, the fool, the fool, (laughs) the, the laid back shaggy type guy. Um, and then the scholar. And so they're all heading to a, but, but, but there's some interesting little side notes to throw in here towards the beginning of the movie. What you realize is that though they are, are slotted into these archetypal, uh, spots, in fact, they all sort of display uncharacteristic attributes, hmm. you know? So like, uh, uh, Kurt, the athlete played by Chris Hemsworth, he, he, the first thing he starts to do is talk about how he's a sociology major and he's trying to recommend books to people, but he's supposed to be the athlete. You know what I mean? Right. And then, uh, what's his face? Uh, Holden is actually on a full, uh, athletic scholarship and he's not actually that not a super smart by any means or stretch of the imagination compared to anybody else also jules the one that's supposed to be the i in my notes i didn't put i put the promiscuous because i'm trying to keep it pg (laughs) yeah she's actually pre-med student you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. it's it's very interesting that they they introduce the those they introduce those archetypes and then immediately start trying to uh, invert the expectation Hmm. but we'll get into that more later yeah So they're all um, at, you know, like the title suggests, a cabin in the woods, having a night. Um, And, you know, there's obviously a fifth wheel here, um, but they're all just going to spend a weekend, seemingly deserted cabin. Do they ever explain it's owned by somebody's, like, cousin or uncle or something? Wasn't it Jules' cousin? I I, I thought it was Kurt. At the very end, she says to him, he doesn't even have, I don't even think Kurt has a cousin. Yeah. And that's like one of the right. last lines in the movie. Right. So it's, yeah, the cousin, uncle, whoever, someone Maybe in the family, yeah. their, their cabin. And um, so we're cutting between scenes with this group and scenes with these, these engineers again. And we're given a little bit of information as we go. And there's also a scene which, in my opinion, I feel gives away too much too early where there's like, it's like a bird. And it like runs into this like force field and mm-hmm. dies, which kind of gives a little bit away of what's going on. So if you've made it this far, you can kind of start to assume that maybe we're not in reality. Maybe this isn't real, um, but it's all a simulation. But get more into that later. Uh, so um, in the lab, they... Um, are remotely controlling the cabin. They're manipulating all the college students um, with drugs that hinder their rational thinking and increasing libido. So basically what happens in any horror movie, kids being dumb and horny. <laughs> so Right. So real quick, they have specific yeah. pairings also. So it's uh, Dana, and, uh, Dana and Holden. So the main girl and then Holden are kind of paired off as mm-hmm. sort of like a romantic interest group. And then Kurt, the athlete, and Jules, the uh, promiscuous one, Quotes. are kind of paired off as the uh, as as uh, a coupling too. But go ahead. Yep. So what, there's there's a funny scene where it's almost like like a draft, or they're all taking bets on, you know, what is it that's going to cause all these kids to what's going to attack them, what monster is going to get to them, and um, there's a funny scene with this like whiteboard of all these different possible scenarios, and they. Um, go into the basement or the cellar and they find a bunch of weird stuff you know typical creepy possibly haunted uh you know typical items that you would see in any other horror movie and it ends up being a diary of um, somebody who used to live in the cabin who was abused by her family and dana you know kind of like an idiot is reading it out loud in a language she doesn't know but it later turns out to be i think it's latin yeah. Um, that summons the the former residents, um, zombified versions of them, to start attacking the Did, group. Didn't you find it? <clears throat> didn't you find it funny that the stoner or the fool was like really adamant? Don't read this. Don't do this. This is a bad idea. Yeah. And uh, I feel not like it's listen always, to him. I feel like it's always the stoner that's like skeptical of what's going on. Like, yeah. Mm, Probably shouldn't be doing this. Was it, uh, and without giving too much away, we're going to jump, I'm going to jump ahead, but they talked about whatever the substance was that they had put on his weed, it it had no effect on him, hmm. right? He, it was that uh, he had been exposed to such potent marijuana that he was now <laughs> immune to all the other toxins that they tried to shoot, hit him with. Yeah, and, and 
to our listeners, this is not a Cheech and Chong movie of any kind, but there is, <laughs> no. you know, Marty is a stoner. There is a telescoping bong. I mean, that's oh, pretty impressive. Yeah, you know? It's pretty cool. <laughs> that's a pretty funny scene. Uh, uh, the two guys that you mentioned, yeah. um, who, um, the uh, the engineers, the engineers. To me, they were my favorite characters. Gary and I, Steve. I absolutely love what they do. I mean, they take it serious, but then they're dancing, you know, and they've got different music playing in the mm-hmm. background during some of the murder scenes. So, yeah, yeah very very funny guys. <laughs> so, um, one of those guys, Hadley, he releases some pheromones. So Kurt and Jules start getting it on outside, and then they are attacked by, yeah. Because that's what you always do, right? Yeah. You have a cabin with a bed. No, we go outside. Anytime we have a dirty forest floor, (laughs) I just, yeah, I always opt in for that. Oh, yeah. Ooh, a ray of moonlight. (laughs) It's romantic. It falls on those slugs so shinily. (laughs) Mm. So while they're out there, that's when um, Jules is attacked by by zombies. She's decapitated, and then Kurt runs back to the cabin to warn everyone what's going on. Um, and this is when Marty, the the stoner character, he starts um, discovering different surveillance like cameras and different equipment um, before he actually gets dragged off by a zombie. So he's starting to catch on that this is all planned, and we're kind of getting you know catching wind of that as well. And then. Um, Maybe I didn't mention this before, but this ancient ritual is being performed all throughout the world. And it seems like the United States is almost always successful, which I think is it, it's kind of a play on, like, you know, like all these horror movies in the past, you know, where all these kids die. And it's always, you know, the virgin that either survives or she's the last one to die. And so they've been successful many, many times. But um, Japan, I guess, is also most successful and i think that's probably a joke on you know like japanese horror or a little nod to that but um there's a funny scene where it's a bunch of like nine-year-old schoolgirls, and that's their you know simulation their right is to um defeat this like you know grudge like ghost and they end up defeating her so they fail technically so now it's up to the united states to save humanity and uh <laughs> It's, yeah, they use like a, a song about friendship being magic to seal her in a flower flower vase or something. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. It's a pretty funny scene. And then and then the scene <laughs> when Gary and Steve are watching it, and then uh, Gary's like, "You can't kill a bunch of nine year olds." And then he just starts cussing them all out, the little girls. He's just like, "F you, f you, f you." <laughs> They're not there, but he's doing it to the camera. Right, it's right. Hilarious. It's they uh, specifically Kyoto, correct? Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah, Stockholm, Kyoto. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so um, Kurt, Holden, and Dana—they're trying to escape the zombies in the cabin in their RV, but um, Citizen triggers a tunnel to collapse. They get blocked, and then Kurt attempts to jump a ravine on his motorcycle to seek, seek help, but then that's when his bike crashes into the force field, kind of what we saw a little bit earlier with the bird, and that's when um, Dana and Marty kind of realize what's going on. That's, that's, this is the scene where Thor leaves the movie when he slams into the side of that, yep. <clears throat> that force Wait a second. Field. Thor's in the movie? Yeah, Thor's in it. He's who's, the, who's Thor? Kurt. Kurt. Oh, that's right. Chris yeah. Hemsworth. Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Thor. Yeah. Yep. And so he just hits that force field and all of his powers aren't there yet. So he well, just... he wasn't Thor back then. Oh, that's true. This is 2012, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. When did the first Thor come out? Two th- well, so it's 2011. the same time. Yeah. But, yeah. The, but movie, it was after. the movie was shot in 2009, almost Correct. shelved. Yes. And that's when Josh, no, who was it? Somebody from MGM sees Chris Hemsworth and goes, I want that dude to be Thor. Because it was originally going to be Liam Hemsworth. Really? Yeah. Interesting. He was going to play Thor? Yes. Wow. That yeah, and then they recast it. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. I can't Sorry. imagine. And you know what? As you guys know, I'm not really into that genre, but I, I, I know. But I personally can't. Lane hates comedies. <laughs> And Jamie hates superhero movies. I don't hate am, superhero movies. No. It's just not my thing. I hate Adam Sandler. I love comedies. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. My bad. Sorry for um, <laughs> lumping those two together. But when Thor crashes into the force field, I'm sorry, when You can call Kurt, him Thor. It's I'm fine. We, we all know I'm who you're talking call him about. Thor the whole time. Had, had they saw the hawk or eagle fly into that force field when they're in the RV, mm-hmm. it would have, you know, you can't. They had to miss it. Right. They had to miss it, right? But is there a reason we saw it? Yes. Uh, uh, what are you, uh, foreshadowing? No, I no, no. Well, I wouldn't call it. It's not enough to be foreshadowing. Mm. I think it's just so that um, 
it wouldn't be completely out of the blue when the when the audience does see it because if you were to say it's like a, what is that called a um uh, Chekhov's gun situation where if you show something earlier in the movie you have to have it come into effect or play at some point otherwise why is the you know you would just cut it you don't right. you don't include it in the scene you know if there's like a a boulder covered in spikes at the top of the mountain in this movie they never show it because it never falls on anybody you know there's no point hmm. so i think the point of the force field and the bird hitting it is because then they're saying Oh, do you think maybe later on this might? Yeah, what what is that? And I think that sort of like low-level foreshadowing is employed in a lot of horror movies. So it's in itself is sort of a trope. Okay, okay, I hear you. Holden and Dana realize that their experience is staged. They go back to the RV, and as they drive back to the cabin, Holden is stabbed by a zombie. The RV is driven into a lake. So then Dana, thinking she's the only one left, um, swims ashore and she's attacked, but then the all of the employees, the engineers are are you know celebrating. Uh, the you know the sequence simulation was successful, but there is uh, a survivor besides Dana, and it's uh, Marty, our our favorite stoner guy. He's actually still alive, and they get a phone call from the director. So basically, the the gal who's running everything here in this uh, in this uh, laboratory. So Marty rescues Dana. He takes her to an elevator that he discovered that's under a grave, and they descend into the into the lab. And this scene's actually really cool, where they see all these other monsters like in boxes, and it's just this really cool scene. You got your werewolves. You got your yeah. robots. Robot spinning blade monsters. You got your. Uh, There's you a, got your, what like a giant cobra and like your Hellraiser guy. You don't remember the robot spinning? He was like yellow and he. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hellraiser robots. guy was cool. And the Hellraiser. I'm guy. Not, I guess not technically a Hellraiser guy, but. You know, somebody of pain and whatever. And then uh, the uh, the uh, the ballerina with the like. <laughs> oh, she's mouth. terrifying. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, she's terrifying. Yeah. Um, I guess you know Were when those? when they did this movie, all of these like all of the actors that they had to hire just to do all of this like CGI and like the monster effects was was pretty intense. So. I could see that. I think it, they pulled it off pretty well. At some point, were these all these different monsters like supposed to be from our? nightmares or something you know i mean it's there are so many of them and the 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 five people go into the cellar and they're they're all looking at different things and it's all having a different effect on them and it's like Mm -hmm. you know i didn't know if those were just personal nightmares you know that josh whedon's like oh i remember all this stuff i'm gonna throw these monsters in this movie i think it's implied that you know these the director and these laboratory people kind of invented all of these things for us in a way Oh. It, I'm assuming that this this ritual has been going on for you know forever, you know, since the beginning of time. So who's to say that the, all of these monsters weren't just fabricated? Yeah, I, I have some thoughts about that. I'll, oh, I'll oh, share you do. them later. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Let's let's get to the end of the movie. So they see all these monsters, and um, Dana correlates them, yeah, with the objects in the cellar, like Dane like Lane, not Dane, was saying, um, and realizes that the objects determine which monsters are released. Um, they're cornered by security, and they trigger a purge, which releases all of the monsters. Another cool scene. They wreak havoc and basically kill everybody. And Dana and Marty flee the carnage and discover an ancient temple where they are confronted by the director herself. She explains that the worldwide annual rituals of human sacrifice are held to appease the ancient ones, which is a group of... Uh, basically, you know, gods. Each region has its own ritual, and the American ritual involves the sacrifice of the five slasher film archetypes, like we had talked about. Um, and the order of the killings is arbitrary as long as Virgin dies last, and the director urges Dana to kill Marty to complete the ritual and spare humanity, but she uh, is att- suddenly attacked by a werewolf, and then the director is killed, and they decide that humanity is not worth saving, so... Dana and Marty share a joint while awaiting their fate. And then the coolest scene in the whole movie is when the giant hand emerges from the ground, destroys the facility in the cabin, and it's the end of the world. And they start playing Last by Nine Inch Nails. It's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite band, so that's great. It's a pretty... I didn't I know that say, about you. You're going to learn so much about yeah, me in the next I half hour. Yeah, I actually didn't know that either. I wouldn't have <laughs> expected that. But, you know, this movie is very different but also very similar to many of our other favorite horror films which is what i really like about it it's very self-aware but it's also at the same time still really scary and has a very cool intriguing premise 
and I'm excited to to delve more into that. But before we get to some facts about the movie, some of our you know the symbolism, and I know that Phil and Lane both brought some some talking points for us. Let's talk about what else we're watching. Now, let's take a quick break for our segment, Side Streaming, where we catch up on some of the other content we're watching on Netflix, Hulu, Prime, and more. All right, guys. Currently watching, watching, you know, are we yes. sticking with the horror genre? Just what else you're watching right now? Uh, I just finished Unbelievable, the Netflix original yes, series. I, I heard about that. What'd you think? I loved it. Loved everything about it. It was a little slow right in the middle. I think there's eight episodes. It it will anger you. The first couple of oh, episodes yeah. really piss you off from, uh, I, I don't want to really give anything away, but mm-hmm. it, it's sexual assault yep. and inept law enforcement. Yeah. And no offense to any law enforcement people out there. Is um, this is this real? Is yeah, this like a, based, is it based on a, on a true yeah, story? True a, horror. A, a girl in Colorado is sexually assaulted, raped, and the, the two detectives that handle her case just completely screw it completely up don't believe her so it's unbelievable um watch it it's it's worth watching that's what i've heard i've been wanting to watch that one um i just finished season nine of shameless which was put on netflix um i don't know how i feel about it uh you know a lot of shows like you know we've talked about here on the podcast um some shows just need to know when to quit and i feel like this is one of those shows that needs to be done Two of our main cast members, including um, Emmy Rossum, who plays Fiona, are leaving the show. So I feel like it has maybe one season left. I honestly don't even know. I think it's been approved for a 10th season. But uh, but yeah, finished that one. Um, have, have heard great things about Unbelievable. I did want to watch that. Um, there is, I've talked about it, The Mind Explained. Um, is another Netflix show that I want to watch. Talks about dreams and just different things that you know our mind does. There was something else. Um, well, you think about that. I finished the I Dash Land, a Netflix original mm, movie you, or did show. You watch it? I didn't. You you brought it up to me. I thought you said yeah. it was not it, so hot. It's it's in my opinion, it's garbage. Is it? Yeah, you watch, you finished the. I had though? to. I had to. I What's had to finish it, it. Uh These. Uh, 12 people wash up on a beach or they're on a beach. They all wake up. They don't know who they are. They don't know how they got there. They have no memory of anything. And then little clues start to appear. And Sounds it's, like Lost. Well, it's like <laughs> Lost, but they can curse oh. and drop F-bombs. And then there's so a, it's grittier they're than all Lost. Like, they're all like supermodels, too. And, it's, oh. it, you know, and then there's a twist that makes, removes it from the Lost you know, subplots and all that kind of stuff. But it, it was really mm, Just not, not good. good. Oh, I didn't no. like it. No, sorry. You know what's a good movie is The Island. Yeah. Like The, like yeah, the with, Island. Yeah, uh, Ian McGregor. Ian McGregor and uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I liked it. Great movie. I read a book in high school called House of the Scorpion. Either of you guys heard of that book? Read it. Loved yes, it. yes. So in high school, we read that book, and then we watched, I don't think we watched the whole movie. I think we watched part of it because it's very similar themes of, you know, host uh like yeah. clones pretty much um but yeah good movie what weren't are you they, watching weren't they harvesting organs for the rich yes yeah to keep yes. them living longer yeah how so that uh she also did something the silver apples blah blah mm. blah nancy farmer yes nancy great farmer. great book yes what, what are you watching phil uh i think the last thing that i watched <sighs> in totality was uh disenchantment which is that uh yep that matt the uh the sort of simpsons matt groaning, looking is that by who matt, it is? matt groaning who does it yeah um, Futurama, Simpsons. It was very reminiscent of uh, uh, Futurama. Mm-hmm. Um, the humor. It's not. Some, I think that Simpsons, over the years, having so many writers and having gone for so long, it kind of has separated itself from Matt Groening and his tip, type of humor. But I think that these two are actually much more like um, indicative of his comedic style. Hmm. So those those two I grouped together, and then Simpsons is almost its own thing now, um, from having been around for so long. Yeah. Right. Do either of you guys um, watch Big Mouth? I tried. <laughs> it's mm. very... No. So it's an animated show with um, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll as the leads. Um, it's a very, very raunchy cartoon. Very inappropriate. But it's about a bunch of middle schoolers going through puberty. So, you know, what what can you do? 
but I think season three is supposed to come out soon. And I talk about Queer Eye a lot on here. Love that show. All of the guys are supposed to guest on that show. <laughs> so it makes me want to watch it for that reason alone. But wanted to bring that up because that's coming up. Um, isn't this the time of year that like Netflix, I don't, I think it's Hulu or no, it might be Amazon prime has a ton of horror movies on right now on their streaming side. Um, I think at least five of the Friday, the 13th, maybe some of the nightmare on Elm streets, but I know Netflix around this time of year puts a lot of horror movies out. Um, some, you know, super low budget and then, you know, the big ones. So, um, I'll be looking out for those because it is, it is October, like I said. And so it's the time to watch all that stuff. Although you can watch horror movies any time of year. Yeah. I think they're all doing, uh, AMC is doing 30 days of horror. Nice. Um, so they'll be showing all kinds of movies that we've, we've all pretty much seen, but yeah. Um, either of you guys have, uh, free form? No. I think it's, it's a... Freeform guitar? No. (laughs) I think it's called Freeform. Um, It's, um, well, if you have Hulu plus live TV, like I just got, um, it's one of the channels on there. And all throughout October, it's just Halloween movies all month long. Um, Last month, September was Disney movies. So that was fun with my son. But um, now it's time for the scary stuff, the spooky (laughs) stuff. Although the first movie is Hocus Pocus, which isn't really scary, but it's a classic. So, all right. That is what we're watching now. Okay, so back to our review of Cabin in the Woods. Um, Looks like Phil and Lane, you brought some talking points. So what do you got? What do you want to talk about with this movie? Go ahead, Phil. Um, Yeah, I I, I don't know how to like uh, segue (laughs) very well, like smoothly into this because it's kind of like an information dump. But um, so... Yeah, I, I've, I've liked Cabin in the Woods since I originally saw it. I mean, I remember seeing the poster for it and just being like, holy crap, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> it's so uh, generic. Right. You know, it, it's just, it, the, the picture is of a uh, cabin sort of hovering in the air with, like, uh, these trees, these spindly uh, uh, forest trees that are bare of leaves. It's all white and gray. And then the house is kind of cut into chunks, like yeah. squares, almost like a, a Rubik's Cube. Uh, and they've been rearranged and twisted around, and the tagline is just, uh, you think you know the story. Um, you know, and that's, that, you know, that's pretty much evocative of what the whole movie is supposed right. to, is trying to engage in, for the most part, you know, um, which I, I would describe as uh, genre deconstruction. So what they're doing is they're taking things that are established uh, as tropes with throughout the horror industry, the movie industry in general, and they're trying to uh, follow them through to their logical conclusion. So it happens with other stuff. I mean, Scream's a great example of another movie that's oh, also favorite. sort of a genre <laughs> deconstruction piece. And then all the other stuff is weird, like anime stuff that I'm into. But like, there's a <laughs> lot, you know, they're like, oh, giant robots. But what if they were real? You know, like they do stuff right. like that a lot over there. Um, but this movie was always so interesting to me after I watched it the first time because it was so smart the way that it's, it takes all these things that are generic. It does them well because that's the other part if, of genre ke- deconstruction. You have to play it straight like you mean it you know you can't yeah. it's, not, it's not a parody you're not making fun of the thing you're, you're saying like i'm so familiar with what these tropes are that i can do it see and then you say but but if it was real you know like he, here's here's what it is the only thing that they have to kind of fudge there is that they have to create a premise obviously because right. you know what else what else are you going to do if you're going to deconstruct it you have to have like something and i think that their goal was to take the premise that allowed for the most inclusion as far as different horror elements all at once that's why you got your ghosts, your Japanese horror film stuff, your robots, your tons of zombies, you know? Um, and then at the, in the end, they actually even get all the way to the point of being, um, what do you call that, cosmic horror, like Lovecraftian, yeah. like, you know, an ent- you know, entire planet-crunching god thing that punches through the earth. Um, I just, it was, it was really well-written uh, and then well-acted, you know, for the most part. There's nothing really too bad, especially... Richard Jenkins and Bradley yeah. Whitford, <laughs> yes. Gary and Steve, yeah. they are just so good. Because I, the other side of that is that I, I think that there was a couple performances that are kind of crappy. Like the Marty guy, I really, like every time he'd come in there and talk like this, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> just I think stop. it was a bit too on the nose. <laughs> yeah, I get it. You're, you're doing it. Yeah, you're doing it. It hurts me. Um, <laughs> but for the most part, everybody else, obviously Chris Hemsworth, you know, he's, he's a good actor. He's a serviceable actor and he did well in this. As far as I'm concerned, there's nothing that stood out. He encapsulated the character without like 
you know, it becoming too like cartoonish or whatever. Right. But and that's the other thing is I just loved all the little the pepperings of um, uh, upending the expectation on the individual characters. That was really interesting to me. And then uh, the one thing we didn't mention was the scene where <laughs> after uh, who's that Holden gets killed the, and they go into the lake and then she gets out onto the pier. But then the zombie guy comes back and they cut back to the underground facility and they've got Gary and Steve and they have like another assistant that's in there with her or with them. She's just kind of hanging out. I don't know if she's ever named. Uh, and then uh, Steve's character starts reminiscing like or not reminiscing, but sort of like a waxing philosophical oh, and staring off. About. And he's like, I mean, you know, the, the, the pain of the, the violence and the, the horror, but these young children and you just want to root for him. And it's horrible that tequila. <laughs> and then he's just like the party starts. Then the people come in and he just switches immediately. Ah, it's so like so the horror is good and it's comedic. And I think it was smart what they were trying to do with the overall plot. The idea of taking a genre and showing like uh, just cutting it down to its essentials and saying, let's do something new. Well, almost explaining where that genre is coming from, you know, in the world of Cabin in the Woods, it's saying like that the horror movies come from this, this, this font, you know, right. and then I have other things, but I'm going to stop talking for a second. So. Um, I just have a couple of different facts just about the making of this movie. So um, I don't know if we talked about the writers. Um, hold on. Nope. That's right. So um, Goddard and Whedon, um, they worked together on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. So they wrote the screenplay in three days. They described it as an attempt to revitalize the slasher film genre and as a critical satire on torture porn. It kind of makes sense that they wrote it in three days because they were leaning so heavily on established Mm -hmm. tropes. Right. And there's not much, you know, they had to come up with on their own. Um, It was originally, uh, Lane was talking about this. It was supposed to actually be released in 2010, um, but it was almost indefinitely shelved due to financial difficulties. And then Lionsgate picked it up. Um, and then it was released in 2012, um, made $66 million worldwide. I feel like that's small. Depends on the but, initial budget. Right, which I don't have that number. $30 million. $30 million was the official. Oh, yeah. okay, so it doubled what it what it cost to make it. So, um, Whedon described the film as an attempt to revitalize the genre. He called it a loving hate letter to the genre. And the full quote, it's a serious critique of what we love and what we don't love about horror movies. I love being scared. I love the mixture of thrill, of horror, that objectification slash identification thing of wanting definitely for the people to be all right, but at the same time hoping they'll go somewhere dark and face something awful. The things I don't like are kids acting like idiots, the devolution of the horror movie into torture porn and into a long series of sadistic um, come up, comeuppances. And um, both of the writers felt that the pendulum had swung a little too far in that direction. And I 100% agree with that. I feel like horror movies, most horror movies these days are just torture porn. And it's just watching people. I mean, it's just too much. I can't watch it anymore. But when you get these, you know, movies that really make you think, and I I think I talked about that when we reviewed Us, uh, Jordan Peele's Us, these movies that you know, kind of put up a mirror to society I love that are also just horrifying if they're at all possible, you know, like in like Scream is actually my favorite horror movie of all time. And I love how self-aware it is, but it's still really scary at the same time, not only because it could happen, but because it's just well done. And I think this movie is very similar in how it does that. Yeah, one of the things I'll say about Scream is it's it's so good how it like balances that razor's edge of of comedy and horror. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They did a really good job of not slipping into being parody. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's another thing, and it probably makes some people angry, but it's funny because certain movies like um, Scary Movie, I think, is so lazy by comparison because they they literally just took Scream and just gave it a little push. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Exactly. To the point of being ridiculous. And that just to me that's not that's not as creative as what Scream no. did, which is take the genre and then, you know, make it funny and you know, wild and ah, yeah, that's a good movie. Scream's a good one. God. So great. Yeah. All right, Lane, what do you got? Well, I I mean everything that you guys just said. So when I was growing up, I I loved to go to a movie to get scared. I it, it's fun to be frightened. But you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the movies today are torture porn. And, I mean, they all do the exact same thing. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think that there's any ingenuity 
you know, creativity behind those. I'm just going to capture a bunch of people and slowly torture them to death. And right. I'm going to get off on it. I, to me, that does nothing for me. No. Um, when I watched Cabin, The Cabin in the Woods for the first time, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to get a little bit of sci-fi. I'm going to get some horror, you know, because as soon as I see the bird fly into the forest, I'm like, oh, okay, something else is up here. This isn't going to just be straight camp horror. Right. So we got something else going on, which really attracted me. So it was almost two movies in one for me, uh, similar yeah. to From Dust Till Dawn. You know, you get that robbery and then you get vampires. God, I love From <laughs> Dust Till yeah, Dawn. Yeah, I mean, it's just so good. Robert Rodriguez and uh, uh, it was written by Quentin Tarantino, right? Yeah, and Rodriguez. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's, the first one is really, really good. And they, the series... I, yeah, I mean, well, so the, the first one is, it's it's written by Quentin Tarantino, directed by Robert Rodriguez, and then it just, I mean, everything after that is just them trying to cap, you know, right. capitalize on... Catch that wave yeah. again, yeah. Um, I, I describe The Cabin in the Woods, for me, it was, it was campy, it's fun, it has moments of terror, if you will, and I, I love the way they film it, even though we've seen people go downstairs into a dark cellar. I love how they actually film each foot hitting each step and mm -hmm. it's pure darkness behind, you know. So to me, that's, I don't know, that's the ultimate and scary. I hate going into dark basements. Oh yeah. Hate it. I'm like, where's the light switch? Where's the light switch at? <laughs> I'd like to meet the person who goes, I just love going into dark basements. <laughs> you know, the scene where they're reading the diary and, and Marty's, you know, saying, don't read it, don't read it. I feel like that might've, maybe it's just me, but the scene in Evil Dead where, you know, the book is constant, do, do not read this, do not read this, over and over. Um, but Evil Dead isn't self-aware at all. It's just classic possession film yeah. that I absolutely love, which I do love the original and as campy and awful as it is, it's great. The remake is very disturbing. Did you guys ever see the remake? Uh, I, I did. watched a couple scenes because somebody told me to. Very disturbing. It's gross, but yeah. I still kind of like it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> was, was there a scene with a tree and a... Oh, yeah, but that was in the first one, too. Yeah. That was in the original. She gets, a okay. woman gets assaulted by a tree okay. in this yeah. movie. It's pretty... Ugh. I would say probably the worst is when she cuts her tongue with that box cutter. Mm. That's the worst. Mm. Mm. No, it's don't bad. even don't. That's bad. Mm, mm -mm. But when you think about movies like, like the Human Centipede trilogy, which is just terrible. It's horrible. It's, I mean, it takes this very, already just really disgusting plot, and then just just butchers the idea over and over with the. I don't know if you guys. I've actually seen. I've seen the first two, and I've seen part of the third one. I don't know if I actually. I, th I might have talked to you, Lane, about it. The third one is they try to do it to a prison. I'm not even kidding. It's ridiculous. So movies like that were I just, just I like. I swear, if they made a fourth human centipede, <laughs> it would be like they try to make a the human world centipede. centipede. Yeah, <laughs> every single person on earth. It's just. It's just like ever escalating, stupid. Right. It's horrible, and I mean, it's it, like. The first one's a doctor. The second one, they're like staples and duct tape. I mean, it's, I know it's just so gross. And I just, yeah, it doesn't so do anything bad. for me. That's the way they all go. All those movies, species. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. and then the follow-ups. It's yeah. just I, I alien aliens. God, guys, come on, lazy. <laughs> I just I love to be scared. Whether it's like a sci-fi horror movie or just like you know a, a slasher flick, I love to be scared, and that's why I love this time of year because. You know, it's it's just spooky everywhere, and I love it. Um, but I feel like we're getting lazy with the genre, and I love these new movies that are coming out that are just making this genre what it was when it was good, and you know, taking these these tropes but making them work. And like I, you know, I brought up Us, which is an entirely different, completely different story, taking the genre and doing something completely new with it that I absolutely love and I hope to see more of those kind of movies. I love this movie just because it's it has, you know, a little bit of comedy, but it's also scary. And like honestly, like that hand is terrifying. Yeah. Like at the end, like I remember the first time I saw that and holy shit. <laughs> I would I would say to our listeners, if you haven't seen The Cabin in the Woods and you want to kind of feel if you can say this, if you want to feel good about being scared again this would be a good one. It's, I think it's so. a fun, scary romp. Yeah, I, I think that the the unfortunate part about this though is that the best, absolute best part of of Cabin in the Woods is the the twist. You know, I mean, it, it's it, it's still a fun movie it to is. watch, 
but it's unfortunate if you've listened to this first and then <laughs> you see the cabin in the woods. I mean, oh, that's too bad. It's still, I, I, we didn't give too much away, but yes, obviously we had said it. Um, I, I don't know if we're running short on time, but oh, no, what was ahead. the first scary movie that you really, really remember? For me, it was Alien. So I saw it, my, my older brother took me to see it in the theater, and it absolutely made me jump out of my seat. Scared the... It's a good one. Yeah. Alien. So the first scary movie I ever remember seeing was The Gate, which I think came out in like 89 or something. I have memories of watching it. I wouldn't say it's really scary. It's very, very cheesy. But Scream is probably the first movie I remember seeing that like I really remember seeing and I still love it to this day. And I saw it when I was 11, I think. And then that's kind of what sparked the genre for me. I would say like that was the movie that made me really interested in horror films the the there's no accounting for taste i apologize guys and it's not even fun you guys are going to be disappointed when i finally do say it i'm going to i'm going to build it up for a second here now i saw this movie in a motel room while we were traveling to south carolina to visit my friend's parents who were like they lived on a commune or something right which has nothing to do with the plot of the movie but (laughs) just an interesting tidbit now when I get, <laughs> I'm trying to think, what could this be? What could it be? I know. I'm, I'm He's just... dropping hints. I'm yeah. sure yeah. You're gonna, it's going to be wrong. The freakiest movie. I don't know why it messed with me so bad. It was Event Horizon. See, no one saw that one coming. Event Horizon. It freaked me out so bad. They're in space. That's a spaceship that goes to hell. Yeah. It goes through black holes. It freaked me out so bad that it turns people inside out. I don't know why. I liked it, it though. Sounds scary though. I liked it. I've, I've actually I never heard too. of this. Yeah. When did this? When did this come out? It's got Jurassic Park. Hat. It's got uh, Lawrence, uh, the Fishburne. Matrix, Fishburne. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and then I think everybody else is kind of like B-listers. Um, yeah, yeah. But it was good. I liked it. It's it's definitely a sci-fi horror. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a spooky movie. Yeah. Ugh, God, yeah. it freaked me out. One of my favorite like campy movies is uh, Dead Alive. You guys ever heard of that one? It came out in the early '90s. It goes by two different names. Um. Tell me more. I feel it's, like I know what you're talking about. It's like a, I think it's a British guy and um, his mom gets bitten by like a zombie rat at the zoo and then she get, turns into a zombie and <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's okay. so stupid. Hmm. And there's this scene of this like priest and he's like in a graveyard and all of these like zombies are coming. <laughs> They're like coming up, and he goes, "I kick ass for the Lord," and he starts like <laughs> killing all of them. It's amazing. It's a horrible movie, but it's so good. Like I love that campiness of like, this is supposed to be bad, but it's so entertaining. But I think like the freakiest movie I've ever seen that's like really disturbed me. I mean, The Ring was pretty scary. I saw that when I was ten, and that yeah, movie. I think I was probably four, fifteen, fifteen, sixteen. That movie still, like, I mean, if it wasn't so, like, parodied, I think would still be really scary. Like, watching it now, it's like, oh, you know, I've seen, you know, The Ring where she has a chainsaw and she's yeah. like, you well, know, like. What was the what was the other, I think it was a Japanese horror movie where people were picking up the phone. The phone would ring and they would answer the phone and when, once they. Is that The Grudge? Was am that I, The Grudge? Am I crazy? Well, anyhow. Is yeah. that not The Ring? Is, is that not Ringo? Ring? I, I thought the ring was a tape that they watched. Yeah. Right, but then the telephone would ring, and then seven days. Oh, so it was that. So okay, yeah. Karen went, my wife Karen, went and saw this with her sister, and they were so freaked out. But this was back in the day when we actually had a telephone that would ring yes. in our house. Yes. So as soon as they walked through the door, the phone rang, and they both screamed. <laughs> and I had no idea why they were screaming. None. <laughs> But it scared me. <laughs> no, that happened to me, actually. I, I bought that movie on VHS. We were watching sorry, it at what? home on VHS. Okay. And this is when we still had VHS. And uh, watching it at home. And if you own the VHS, at the beginning of the movie, they play the tape before it actually gets into, like, you know, the credits and everything. And the movie oh, yeah. actually starts. So they play the tape. And then in the movie, a phone rings. And then it just goes into the rest of the movie. But the first time I watched it at home, we didn't know this was going to happen. And it just starts showing the tape. And the tape, if you know, if you've seen The Ring, you probably have, is very disturbing. 
and it's even like the middle of the day, like the sun's out and we're watching this movie and then the phone rang right <laughs> after the video played and we're all freaking out. And it was my friend and I told her, I'm like, oh, why did you do that? You called it like the worst time. And that movie gave me nightmares for a while. Oh, yeah, yeah. A spooky one. Yeah, Karen said, you know, we're married, but when she says you have to sleep with me, it's, you know, I mean, I have to like be yep. next to her. Yep. So she does. Yeah. So I get killed. <laughs> yes, because I'm closest to the door. Not to protect her. <laughs> so um, you can take the hit. Before I forget, I have one really cool, interesting yeah. bit of trivia yeah. about the cabin in the woods. And I'm going to go back to Marty, our stoner. And so if you remember the lake scene, he's the only one that doesn't, doesn't jump in the water. And if you also remember Marty, he always wears big, baggy clothes. Mm-hmm. Interesting factoid, he is ripped. I mean, they call him Ripped Jesus. So they didn't want him taking really? off his clothes to uh, show up Chris, Chris Hemsworth or the other guy. <laughs> the, yeah, so That's I guess awesome. the guy's just cut like That's nobody's funny. business. Yep. That just makes me think of, um, I think it's, um, oh my gosh. But they told him you, he couldn't do the lake scene. That makes sense. Yeah. So why did they, what is this guy from? Is he from other stuff? Well, his name is Fran Kranz. <laughs> That's his. Fran Kranz? Is he from the Netherlands or something? Or <laughs> He's got to be. It's, it's F-R-A-N-K-R-A-N-Z. Fran Kranz is his name. Fran Kranz. Wow. Yeah. That sounds like a. <laughs> I like gold. Like Isn't a, that weird? Oh, that's a keeper. <laughs> yeah, like a Netherlands like, uh, wrestler or something. Fran Um. I was going to say something, and I completely lost it. Um, shit. Trivia. So yeah. another thing that I thought, uh, well, you know, I, I'm, I, I like to think that I came up with this, but I'm pretty sure I read this on the internet, um, was the idea that like the teens and the monsters are real, right? And then the people in the organization are like the Hollywood machine trying to churn out something of value, trying to create something to put out there. And then the ancient ones are actually like us watching the movie. And so what it is is that their their thing is that they are sacrificing these kids to the ancient ones, which are us. And then our reaction is based on whether or not, we're, like if we're disappointed by the outcome of the movie. So then we're Shit. like... You well, know, they, this they, stupid movie and just That's actually the table a over. really, really, you know, I like that. That's that a really interesting perspective. Well, they keep talking uh, about we don't want to disappoint them. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, sorry, to, you know, there's going to be a gratuitous scene uh, for our listeners where they show uh, boobs. And, well, uh, no, they, they say that too. Like, they're like, you know, they love, you, you gotta, know, nudity. You gotta, yeah, and, you got to show it. You got to show it. You know, don't disappoint them. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So some of the dialogue kind of lends itself to that being being what's happening there, you know, and then but but the the two the two parties play it straight The the kids, they're actually going to die and they're terrified. And then the monsters actually kill things and they're, you know, they're monsters, which in the end turns on the people down in the organization or whatever, because the monsters are legit and they like wreak right. mayhem down there and destroy the place. But then, yeah, it's because all of our expectations keep getting subverted. And so I think that that's kind of what he was talking about, Joss, when he was saying, like, I wanted to make something that was kind of a critique of it as well, because he's saying, listen, you're not getting what you want in the end, you know, as far as within the scope of those tropes uh, being executed all as they always are. But, you know, here it is, the cabin in the woods, and then the gods rebel and they're mad and not happy. (laughs) I like it. I really like that. I believe that that's a Phil original. I really do. A Phil original, yeah. TM. Those are yeah. In in my house, the, the Phil facts is actually synonymous for something that I made up that nobody, that somebody fact checks later, and they're like, "That's not real. That's not, That's not real." Did Our, you know Jennifer Connelly was in the first version of uh, Pretty in Pink? No. What? Wait, there's more than one version. Yeah, the original. <laughs> Phil, you're an idiot. What are you even talking? About? All we right. Did, we didn't mention her, did we? No. I mean. What yeah. else is she? Oh, you in? mean uh, Kristen Connolly? Yeah, Kristen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, is that her daughter? I wonder. Hmm. hmm. Okay. Something to ponder. All right, guys, let's uh, <laughs> let's get into our review of Cabin in the Woods oh, I again. Love this part. Uh, it's been a while for both of you guys, but we go on a five-point scale. I'll go first. Um, I'm going to give this one a solid four out of five. I think it's. an interesting a very smart take on the genre it's self-aware it's funny but it's scary it's got a very uh unique story and um like not presence uh 
I'm trying to think of what's the word I'm thinking of. Um, it's just got a really unique story to it that isn't really out there in anything else. Um, and I guess like Phil was saying, like Scream, it does deconstruct the genre, but in a very good way. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, and just talking about all these different, uh, you know, little motifs and themes here with you guys has kind of made me want to watch it again. So I think I will. Um, among all the other horror movies I plan on watching this month. So yeah, four to five. I think I wouldn't just give it a, a solid five out of five is just because I'm very, very particular with my horror movies. Hmm. So it wasn't perfect for me, but it was pretty close. So four to five. Uh, I could I could go five. I hate to be the person that gives something five out of five because then it would indicate that I thought it was perfect. You can pick apart any movie that you want or anything you want. I it I love it so much. Every time it's on, I don't care where it's at, what channel it's on. Oh, I'm going to watch this, Cabin in the Woods. It's so much fun. So I guess realistically, four, four and a half out of five. Um, you, again, I don't want to nitpick at it. It had everything that I want. It had some horror, had some sci-fi, great mix of the comedy at just the right points. It's not trying to be comedic, but it, it just mixes it in perfectly for me. So I, I love it. When it's on, I watch it. Awesome. One out of five. <laughs> Not enough Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> Burn that movie to the ground. Sigourney Weaver, one on-screen appearance? Nope. I'm not watching it. Never again. <laughs> mm. How are you going to bring her in for the end of the movie? That's ridiculous. Or, or was she the director? No, yeah, she, yes. was, she played the she director. She the director. It's supposed yeah. to be Jamie Lee Curtis. Really? Was it yeah. really? Yeah. Kind of makes more sense. Why'd yeah. she turn it down? She did. She, uh, something she else, turned it down? She turned it down. They had something else going on. Your what? Majesty. <laughs> wow, Jamie Lee Curtis. What? Yeah. The Scream Queen. Yep. Well, Sigourney Weaver's pretty up there, too. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, yeah, as far as the substitute, that makes a lot of sense, too. Yeah. 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 But what's your real rating? Is it really one out of five? One out of five. I stand by my rating. That game, that no, I'll never, never watch it again. Um, no, I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, ratings are kind of a weird uh, arbitration, and uh, I'm not very good at uh, doing it, and it makes me feel uncomfortable. So I'm just going to say, <laughs> I liked it a lot. I liked it. I okay. liked it a lot. Uh, it's really good. I said a lot of stuff already. Probably shouldn't. I don't know. It's. I like how Phil liked it. That's people all you are need in to it. Know. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it sounds to me like Phil would give it a three. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I guess we'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you read his blog. That's right. <laughs> Check out my Tumblr. Phil's, it's all about Phil's facts. <laughs> it's all about cabin in the woods facts. <laughs> I'll see you guys there. <laughs> Don't forget to hit like and subscribe. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you guys for joining mm. me on this one. Um, Everyone, to our listeners, thank you for listening. As always, um, love for some more suggestions on different shows or original content, original streaming content that I can review after spooky season. Um, like I mentioned, all month long, we will be reviewing horror films, some classics. Um, so stay tuned for that. But um, until then, we will uh, just see you next time and enjoy October. Later. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if you think we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming. <laughs>